Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Hey, welcome back to the show. I decided to revisit Smash Brothers for this episode because there's something I wanted to talk about for a little while, and that is that I wanted to rank the different character reveal trailers throughout the entire Smash Brothers series. When I first wrote this list, this was before Steve was revealed, so I eventually had to sort out my feelings for the Steve trailer and insert it into the list at the appropriate spot. So here's what I'm trying to do. I've divided the list into several tiers, and I just put the different trailers in chronological order within the tiers. This might have a little attachment to my personal feelings for the character, but by and large, I'm mostly thinking about the trailer itself. How excited does it get me? How much does it really say about the character or anything like that? How much fun is it to watch the trailer? All that kind of thing. Now, there are a few exclusions from this. I'm not including any commercials. They're technically related to trailers, but I'd rather not go through with that. And I'm also not going to include anything that's pre-Smash Brothers Brawl. I don't know if they had trailers for the original game's characters or Melee or anything like that, but either way, I didn't experience them firsthand. I only really experienced things firsthand starting with Brawl. I'm also not going to feature Snake's character trailer, where he and the Colonel are talking and then it just shows a bunch of Snake gameplay. I'm just going to include him with the Brawl reveal. I'm also not going to include Sonic's Smash Brothers 4 character trailer, because why should he get two? I'm not going to include Joker's Game Awards reveal. I'm just going to stick with his actual character trailer instead. Also won't be including anything to do with the deluxe Mii Fighter costumes like Sans or Cuphead. They're really cute, but not really worthwhile to talk about. So let's get started. I'm not really interested in building up hype like some kind of top 10 Smash Brothers trailers number one. Not not doing that. I'm just going to start with the best of the best and kind of work my way down. So the first tier, the GOAT tier, the greatest of all time, only got two trailers in here. And the first one is a kind of obvious pick, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. The first GOAT rank trailer, greatest of all time trailer, is, of course, the Everyone Is Here trailer. Of course it would be in the upper ranks, if not the most favorite trailer of all time. It starts off really quietly, with every returning character and inkling, but this isn't just a mere showcase of the different characters. They introduce the characters in a really neat order. First, they start with a lot of the most obvious inclusions, like Link and Samus and Bowser. And they start slipping in some of the later characters, who are pretty obvious, but not quite a tentpole character, like Falco. I'd say the first real surprise is seeing Mewtwo. He's shown early, before Pikachu even, 
to kind of let you know that he's here to stay, and then Sonic letting you know that they're still doing guest fighters and that Sonic's still here. We see the Ice Climbers' triumphant return, then our first look at Inkling. A few characters later, we see Pokemon Trainer is back. Ryu's still here. Cloud is still here. Suddenly you're thinking, wow, is everyone here? Bam. Snake. And just in case the trailer's saying everyone is here, literally in those words, wasn't enough for you, they almost immediately show you Pichu. Yes, they meant everyone is here. From there, the rest of the trailer is just rounding out the remaining characters as the music swells up to the point where sometimes I honestly almost get a tear in my eye listening to it. And of course, ending on Mega Man's Final Smash, a fan-favorite Final Smash for fans of the series, followed by the first reveal of the game's title, finally giving us something to call it after three months of speculation. The only real twist left in the second half of the trailer for me is that they brought Young Link back when they could have gotten away with presenting Toon Link as his replacement. But nope, everyone is here. And while later on in the list you might see me talk about trailers being low budget or not, and relying more on gameplay footage with no additional CG or voiceovers, and often using that as a point of detraction, I'd say this is a case where it was pulled off really well. It was in service of the trailer. All the characters are performing flashy or funny or cute stunts in gameplay, and it switches from shot to shot so quickly, you're never left lingering for too long. It was also fun to guess the stages that were coming back. I often feel that stages are under-discussed in the fan base, outside of which ones are good for tournaments. Another point in the trailer's favor is the context in which it was delivered. Sakurai said he'd have a brief demonstration of some of the characters featured in the game. He proceeds to show more and more and more characters until you realize he's showing everyone. Masterfully presented, gets you with the modest expectation until he ramps it up into mind-blowing territory. Then cut, back, then cut back to Sakurai with that knowing smile on his face, confirming that everyone is all together. Beautiful. Chef kiss. While none of the Sakurai stuff is really the trailer itself, it did affect how I viewed the trailer, which goes a long way towards how I feel about it overall. Even on its own, though, there's enough to love that it easily gets the top spot here. I guess I should note something, since I saw this note that I left to myself that I'm apparently a bit more forgiving of all gameplay trailers than I initially believed, but I figured it was worth describing that anyway earlier on. So, also in the greatest of all time tier, we have Best Friends, the Banjo and Kazooie trailer. First, it starts as a callback to the K. Rule trailer, which is already one of my favorites in Ultimate. It's funny how K. Rule is now roommates with the Kongs, and Duck Hunt was a very fitting choice for the fake Banjo. I recall Duck Hunt's alternate costume reminding people of Banjo before. Then they're finally here. The Jiggy gave it away, but I can see Banjo and Kazooie themselves with my own eyes at long last. The Spiral Mountain remix by Grant Kirkhope himself, the familiar voice clips, the recognizable moves, the Gingonator, the fact that they reference putting Gruntilda under a rock, all the characters cheering for Banjo and Kazooie at the end, all put together it very nearly brought a tear to my eye a couple times. This would 
normally go into maybe the next tier down, but the sheer overwhelming torrent of joy and awe and nostalgia is just too powerful. I feel a strong sense of fulfillment, like a childhood dream had finally come true. That profound happiness is why I put this trailer in the highest tier. So, those two trailers very nearly brought me to tears in one way or another, and that's why they're in the greatest of all time. The next one is the tier for trailers that invoke strong, positive feelings. I like them more than average, but they just didn't quite break the mold for me. In the strong, positive feelings, which sounds so clinical and detached when I say it out loud, but the really, really good tier is Red, Blue, and Yellow, the Pac-Man trailer, which is surprisingly a trailer that not a lot of people felt too strongly about. Well, for me, I knew ahead of time that Pac-Man was in the game because people were reacting to it on Twitter and stuff, and it just made me so happy. I'm not even a huge Pac-Man fan, but he was one of my most wanted, and it was with the inclusion of Pac-Man that I could accept the loss of Snake. This was back in Smash 4. I watched this trailer so many times because I felt like if I didn't, this would all go away. Pac-Man would just be a dream to never come true. He's a sheer icon, even more than Sonic, and to have him throwing down with everyone is amazing. One of the first viewings I saw was actually a recorded reaction to the trailer. It was footage of the trailer being shown in a room somewhere. It's this room that often gets to see trailers. I don't really know where it is or something. But I can still hear everyone cheering once Pac-Man himself finally makes his appearance. And Pac-Man himself, his smile is so infectious, the music is so bouncy and happy. The trailer just filled me with joy. The soft reveal of Mr. Game & Watch returning also pleased me as someone who mained him in Melee and Brawl. Next trailer in this tier is Looks Like We Don't Have a Choice, the Shulk trailer for Smash 4. While the trailer references one of Shulk's quips from the game, it was very fitting at the time because we'd recently had the Smash 4 roster leak which included Shulk, so it felt kind of like they were saying, we don't have a choice, might as well show them Shulk. This wasn't quite my first exposure to Shulk. I did play the first 10 to 15 minutes of Xenoblade several months in advance, but I didn't even, I didn't even get far enough to meet Fiora. That's pretty early. So this was basically my first exposure to Xenoblade. I remember wondering just how the rest of the game was supposed to be, judging off the details of Shulk's moveset, his stage, the final smash, the assist character, and... Monado boy! All that stuff. Going back after playing Xenoblade, Shulk really does come across differently in Smash Brothers, but I just chalk that up to him having a good time. The fact that You Will Know Our Names plays for a majority of the gameplay in this trailer really hypes me up, too. I didn't know this would become my favorite song until near the end of my Xenoblade playthrough, but even from this first hearing, I at least liked hearing the song. This trailer is, of course, responsible for one of the biggest Xenoblade memes to have no relation to Ryan, and that's the fact that Shulk is really feeling it. It's great because he canonically says that in the game, but Smash Brothers ramped it up. Now he intermittently says it in Xenoblade 2, if you have the Shulk DLC. 
They even get another party member to say it. This trailer created a meme, and if Monolith is good for one thing, it's acknowledging their memes. Here's to you, Shulk Trailer, for helping me to finally get around to experience a very enriching RPG. I didn't get around to it until well after playing Smash Brothers Wii U, but it's a thought that counts. Mewtwo Strikes Back. Mewtwo is back and he is gonna cheat with your wife. The trailer just gets right into it, showing that Mewtwo is here, he's not messing around, picking Smash Brothers' most awesome Pokemon remix, slapping Mewtwo with the only tagline that could possibly work for him. Very strong start. It's just scene after scene of Mewtwo being awesome and tearing the characters apart. It doesn't get a flashy CG scene, no. But watching Mewtwo whooping everyone is just great. Every character trailer does this to an extent, but Mewtwo is meant to be the strongest Pokemon there is, so it really feels like we're seeing him for what he really is all along, especially after his poor showing in Melee. At least I'm told it was a poor showing. I don't really pay attention to that scene very much. Sakura and the gang knew full well how much people wanted Mewtwo and how cool he is, so they did everything in their power to make this trailer as flattering as they could, and they passed with flying colors. The fact that they made him the first DLC character, they were well aware of Mewtwo's reputation. And Sakurai, as the series goes on, really likes to make sure the characters are represented as fairly as possible. Next is A Piercing Screech, the Ridley trailer from Ultimate. I wasn't even on the Ridley hype train until the last few months before Ultimate, and this trailer still got me going. Most people seem to guess it was Ridley early on. I, I think a lot of people had it at the sight of his tail piercing Mega Man's torso. That's where I got it, at least. Then he finally jumps out, and Ridley, Ridley hits, hits the, the big, big time. time! That acknowledgement of the Ridley is too big meme just had me over the moon. Cut to Ridley being... Smaller than expected, but still demonstrating his visceral cruelty throughout various parts of his moveset. While he may be hunched over and unable to freely fly, I'd say Sakurai and the team found a way to make Ridley feel like the monster he really is at long last. And the familiar remix from Brawl was a good touch, like they were holding on to that song for the day and finally get to be attached to a playable Ridley. Divorced from the sheer Ridley hype, they really did a lot to build him up as this dangerous monster. He brutally, and yet stealthily, takes out Samus's companions before challenging her directly. Between that and the antagonistic twirling of Mario's cap, it also demonstrates that Ridley has a level of intelligence, which is a detail that's always been stressed by supplementary materials, but never really demonstrated in the games. It was also neat that they featured Zero Suit Samus going for the counterattack at the very end. As much as the newcomer trailers like to show the newbie winning, it'd leave a bit of a sour taste to show Ridley actually win the day, so the Zero Suit Samus moment was a good way to leave it on a stylish and suspenseful note without undercutting Ridley's credibility. And props for showing Samus's reactions to Ridley in a way that didn't anger all of her fans at the same time. The final trailer in this tier is The Rivals, which is K. Rule's trailer from Ultimate. The August Ultimate Direct was so full of trailers that turned me around on characters. Before, I didn't want K. Rule at all. In fact, I was a little tired of seeing his name thrown around. It wasn't entirely fair, since I'd been wanting Banjo and 
Gino for ages. Maybe part of me associated K. Rool with a person I had mutual enmity with, and that might have soured me, but whatever the case, the K. Rool trailer sold me. Perhaps I'm reading too much into it, but I like to interpret the trailer as the Kongs getting kind of lazy, perhaps even apathetic, because they've had it so good for so long. Sure, they've had Tiki's and Vikings, but the Kremlings haven't bothered them in ages. The idea of all the other Smash Brothers characters having rivals is just not Donkey Kong's problem. He and Diddy are gonna laze about all day. And then suddenly, King DDD trolls them. And then, King K. Rool returns after a decade of not being any video games. He's back and badder than ever. The Kong's reaction to seeing their nemesis for the first time in years probably matched a lot of viewers' reactions. And he has that killer Gangplank Galleon remix, and we're treated to a montage that demonstrates just how lovingly K. Rool's moveset was crafted, full of references to his boss fights. He didn't spend that decade of inactivity slacking off, no way. Finally, it ends on a really exciting sequence of DK and K. Rool running at each other, clashing over the sunset. Donkey Kong's rival is no mere memory anymore. The Kong's lazy days are behind them. The Until the Banjo trailer, but shush. The next tier is the one for great trailers. The last one was, like, really, really good. Really liked it. Favorites that just weren't profound. This one is for ones that... I thought were better than average, but could have had a bit more. And the first one here is the Smash Brothers Brawl reveal, which doubles as Snake's reveal. The first Smash Brothers trailer I actually watched, and I still remember watching G4 all that time ago. Seeing this trailer, thinking how it would be the pinnacle of Smash Brothers, even if I didn't start keeping up with the hype until a little while later. Just seeing all the fancy new designs, getting to see all the newcomers, it was pretty special. It's really telling how bold they were, giving us five newcomers in the same trailer. It compensates by not giving the other newcomers any trailers besides Sonic, but at the time, it was still impressive. I was just a little baby in junior high who didn't know much about Solid Snake at the time, so his addition to the game didn't really mean much to me. But in hindsight, it's amazing. Though I have to detract points for how long Snake and the Colonel's Codec call lasts, it deflates from the shock of seeing newcomer Snake when they spend a whole minute talking about Snake joining Smash Brothers. Aside from the sheer nostalgia, it does a lot to hype up the new game. Characters with new fighting styles, brand new stages, our first look at final smashes even. With Brawl, the series is going to take a bigger bolder step with better, flashier fights, unless you're a melee purist. We also get to see our first assist trophy, but with no context. All in all, I'd say it's a bold step into a new world for Smash Brothers. This trailer makes me very nostalgic in hindsight, and that could be grounds to bump it up a tier, but in these rankings, hindsight is mostly there to supplement the other good or bad qualities of a trailer. As much as I fondly remember this trailer, it didn't blow me away due to my relative distance from Smash Brothers at the time. It was exciting, but I wasn't in deep enough to be really shocked. Not yet. Next is Challenger from the Shadows, the Greninja trailer from the fourth game. One thing that really bugs me is that Kirby is in the trailer. They gave him a star rod to throw at Charizard just so he could be with all the projectile fighters. Get out of here, Kirby. You've got enough spotlight. 
Anyway, it's neat that all the Pokemon featured here are all summonable in the game. That's really good attention to detail. Or model conservation. Still. And Charizard is pretty hype-inducing. He's a massive fan favorite among the Pokemon fanbase. Easily the most popular of Pokemon trainers' starters. It was kind of surreal to see him all by himself here. It's a rare case of a duo trailer, too, since Greninja is also revealed, as I said. I associate this trailer more with Greninja, but Charizard does get a lot of the spotlight. I figured out it was Greninja pretty quickly, but I was still excited. To this day, Greninja was one of the very few character trailers to elicit a verbal reaction from me. It helps that I picked Froakie in Pokemon Y. The trailer goes on, and Greninja gets a lot of the limelight, then Charizard eventually returns to take back control and hype of the trailer, and suddenly Lucario shows off his mega evolution, and then Charizard does his, and Greninja shows off his final smash, and the music is swelling, and bam, logo. The trailer's really good at building up to that strong finish. For a while, this was my favorite trailer, and it was the first time I saw a Smash 4 newcomer and thought, yeah, I'm gonna main this one. And I actually did main Greninja for a while. Next is By Book, Blade, and Crest of Flame, which was Robin and Lucina's trailer from the fourth one. And uh, Crest of Flame seems to be a bit ahead of its time. They waste no time revealing that Lucina is a fighter in this trailer. And then they reveal Captain Falcon coming back. And then they also give us Robin, all three in very short order. While it does take up over a third of the trailer, it keeps things interesting. The three reveals are spaced fairly well, and... Unlike most cases, Captain Falcon is depicted with the utmost competence. Usually the new fighter either cleans house or they get their tail kicked until they get a second wind, but Captain Falcon is never at a disadvantage in this trailer. Sure, Robin throws him a curveball, but he's still giving them a good fight by the end of the trailer. Also, this was before the Fire Emblem bloat became a thing, so it was still pretty cool to get two new Fire Emblem guys at the same time. Though with Lucina being an Echo, or clone, since Echo wasn't the term yet, of Marth, this was really mostly Robin's trailer. Lucina was the opening act, much like Charizard for Greninja. Anyway, I was excited because Lucina proved to be one of my favorite characters in Awakening, and I was a little shocked to the fact they committed to Robin's default look instead of keeping them ambiguous. And I also felt a little fuzziness at coming full circle, because I played Awakening a year before this trailer, all because of Smash Bros. fans clamoring for an Awakening character. And I was like, I wonder what the buzz is about. Who is Lucina, anyway? If I had to dock points, I'd say that Robin explaining how he fights feels a lot less organic than what they did for, say, the Little Mac trailer. It seems like they ran out of budget at the end, too, giving us goofy font subtitles to demonstrate the female Robin and how Krom is part of the final smash. But overall, a good trailer. Next is the Future King, Bowser Jr.'s trailer. As the little Koopa himself said, Someday when I'm bigger, I want to fight that Mario again. Well, that day is today. While Bowser Jr. is just a little snot goblin and has grown into the role of the Mario version of Eggman, this trailer really flatters him. Here's this sinister gremlin piloting an absolute war machine that's capable of tearing up the roster with ease. 
We not only get a canonical use of the fighter's shield abilities, too, but we see Bowser Jr. dominating it. He breaks the shield and continues beating the character with his clown car's endless supply of weapons. In a lot of these trailers, the new character gets beaten up a bit before they reveal some gimmick that gives them the edge for the rest of the trailer. But no, Bowser Jr. just steals the show. And despite that, he brings up one of his gimmicks anyway. The Koopalings are alternate costumes. Bowser Jr. is winning, and he still decides to sick the Koopalings on all the fighters just as a flex. That's pretty neat. And it bears repeating, the Koopalings are his alternate costumes. In a roundabout way, the Koopalings are all playable. They technically revealed eight characters in one trailer. That is a big technicality, but as a Lemmy's Land alumnus, that's a big deal. And for those of you who don't know, that's an old Mario fan site that really enjoyed the Koopalings and wanted to see them in every game. The trailer does lose points for recycling the canyon from the Mega Man and Greninja trailer, and also featuring a song that isn't even in Smash Brothers. But other than that, no complaints. Very solid. I guess Clowns the Competition is a weird tagline, but I kind of forget about it right after it's over. Next trailer, and this is a bigger category than I realized, the next trailer is Cloud Storms In. Guess who it's about? They did the unthinkable and put Cloud Strife in Smash Brothers. They really take their time showing him off, even though you could probably figure out quickly due to the music, but... While I usually don't care for a trailer drawing out the introduction, someone as high-profile as Cloud really deserves it. And as much as he was a hopeful for Brawl, as well as a laughingstock, he was considered down and out for Smash Bros. 4. So, the fact that he was in at all is mind-blowing. The shock factor really elevates the trailer, especially because no one even had any reason to suspect him. There were no leaks or rumors, just random appearance by Cloud. The gameplay is fun to watch, and they mostly show him off in a succinct manner. There are even some cute references, like seasickness or being unconscious in flowers, not to mention the whole bit with Ike at the end. However, this one is still mostly just carried by the cloud shock. Next is Bayonetta Gets Wicked, the final trailer for Smash 4. This one kept me guessing for a bit, but I sussed Bayonetta quickly enough. It was cool of them to get Pit, Dark Pit, and Palutena's voice actors back for this, which is at least a little bit odd that they couldn't get them to record DLC guidance conversations, but oh well. Palutena sounds a little bored during this, though. Anyway, the trailer was really good at introducing newbies like me to Bayonetta. Now that I've gone and played her games, this is more or less what she's like, just with a bit more clothes than usual. I do like the way they intermingle Kid Icarus lore and Bayonetta lore, Bayonetta thinking that Pit is like the angels she usually fights, while Palutena knows what an Umbra Witch is for some reason. That's cool, and we don't get a lot of that in these trailers. And as much as I may harp on the DLC trailers for being low budget, though I've yet to actually do that, they really tried to make this one feel like it's a cutscene and not a bunch of gameplay footage. While every trailer hypes up the new star, they really go out of their way to sell you on how powerful Bayonetta is. She's easily got the upper hand on Pit the whole time. Dark Pit, too. Most of Pit's dialogue also consists of dreading the prospect of fighting her. It's a good homage to the character, because she is a canonical powerhouse, and was obscenely good in Smash 4's tournament scene. And 
gotta give bonus points for referencing her chain chomp from the second game. Next trailer is Vampire Killer. While I immediately suspected this was for Castlevania, I'm not a huge fan of the series, so I didn't really feel confident in my guess until maybe the moment Death appeared, and he killed Luigi, which is admittedly a bit hard to watch. Poor Luigi. But once Simon reveals himself, it's all hype from here. I don't have any attachment to Castlevania, but this trailer really got me excited for Simon. And they really did Simon justice. As little as I knew about Castlevania, I could tell that his moveset was very Simon. And if that wasn't enough, it becomes a double feature and introduces Richter! At the time, I didn't know who he was other than being another Belmont from a different game. I didn't even know that he was the meme Belmont. The one who says, die, monster, you don't belong in this world. Despite the fact that he quoted part of that speech. But now that I know, I have to say, that was a beautiful reference. And even though it was a pretty meme scene, it fit this trailer like a glove, and it did nothing to diminish the coolness of Richter coming in to save Simon. In the course of three minutes, I went from apathetic about Castlevania and Smash Brothers to really looking forward to it. Well done, trailer. It's worth noting that Richter is one of my more played characters. Next trailer is The Masked Rebel. Boom. Start with Joker and his tagline right away. We already know he's coming, just get right into it. Most of the budget for this one seems to have gone towards getting the voice actors for all the other Phantom Thieves to chime in and hype Joker up. It's really comforting to hear from all the Phantom Thieves again, and their banter over Joker's abilities is a nice organic way to sell him to the audience and explain how he works. The trailer also uniquely shows off Joker's stage, while all the DLC characters, they just get their stages shown in the trailers just a little bit. The Mentos here really features. It even advertises how the colors change. The trailer does fall into the same trap as the Smash 4 DLC trailers by being mostly gameplay, but it's still clear that a lot of work was put into this one. It's easily the highest number of speaking roles in any Smash Brothers trailer, anyway. Most of the animation was reserved for the Game Awards reveal, so there's also that. Future DLCs would feature more CG scenes. Next is the legendary wolf Terry Bogard's trailer. This trailer would probably mean more to me if I knew about SNK and didn't just binge information right before and after Terry was added to the game. But as things are, it's still a very fun trailer. We have a montage of various SNK characters trying to grab the invitation in a number of flashy ways. But in the end, Terry just waits for the letter to hit the ground and casually picks it up. I feel like that can say a lot about the kind of person Terry is. Combine that with his English, and suddenly I think Mr. Bogard's about to get a lot more fans. That whole sequence is probably the highlight of the trailer, but I like hearing the Curry Kenton remix and listening to Terry screaming in English over his gameplay, so the second part of the trailer is just as fun as the first. While I don't have any attachment to Fatal Fury or the King of Fighters, and Terry's inclusion did nothing to change that, I have to give credit for this trailer for being fun to watch and rewatch despite that. One tiny thing that bugs me is that Terry demonstrates his final smash on Snake, and I don't know why it's him. Probably no special reason at all, but it just comes across as kind of... careless? At least use it on Ryu or Ken. They seem to be, like, suitable rivals for Terry, but nope, just have him use it on Snake. Who cares? Eh. 
The final trailer in this tier is Ramen Time, Min Min's trailer. First, I have to give bonus points for being the second time they brought in Captain Falcon's voice actor for recording. This one's a lot like the Terry trailer, but it's more in arms style. Instead of everyone taking turns trying to grab the invitation in the most over-the-top way they can, they all just long-distance slug each other for it instead. While I knew who Min Min was, and I wanted her in the game, I was somehow fooled by the trailer. I was left wondering who the winner would be out of all the ARMS characters competing against each other. I didn't immediately get the significance of the ramen shop, despite knowing that this was the trailer for an ARMS character. And then, also like the Terry trailer, the invitation is caught by our newest fighter in a very mundane manner. The only opponents left are Twintel and Kid Cobra. While Twintel was a popular request, it's neat that Kid Cobra, of all people, made it that far. But neither of them was a match for Min Min. Also, I like the split second where you can see Kid Cobra watch in panic as Twintel gets knocked out just an instant before he gets hit. The trailer does a really decent job of showing off her skills. One thing I like is that it sometimes uses different camera angles you don't normally see in the game. It makes the gameplay part of the trailer a bit more visibly distinct. It's kind of like the Terry trailer in a lot of ways, right down to using the final smash on a random opponent, but she uses it on Ganondorf, and at least it makes a little more sense. Eh? Now we're going into the tier of trailers that were pretty cool. So, I didn't hate them, but I didn't like them that much, but there was something about this trailer that made me go, Oh, alright. And the first up is the one where Sonic the Hedgehog joins the brawl. After many years and hoaxes, Sonic the Hedgehog finally joins Super Smash Bros., and the trailer shows that they know exactly how big a deal this is. It's short, but they make the most of every second. Sonic is fast, he's got attitude, and uh, th that's about it. He sure is Sonic. It's so full of that trademark Sonic attitude and hype, you'd think Sega themselves made this trailer. The balance of simplicity and hype really reminds me of the Smash 4 trailers for their DLC characters. I wasn't really into Sonic at the time, so it didn't mean the world to me, but I had to admit that it was a pretty awesome trailer. Future trailers would be bigger and better than this one, and Sonic himself ended up being a rushed character squeezed into the game during the later parts of development. That might explain why it's so simple. While the simplicity works for this trailer, and it was monumental for the time, it's not one that I find myself coming back to, so that kind of levels out to a trailer that's just pretty cool. Champion of the Ring. This is the Little Mac trailer. I guessed who the character was pretty early on, and they didn't do a lot to disguise the fact that it's Little Mac, but they really do try to sell you on how tough this guy is, how hard he trains. He ends up being a consistently low-tier character, but at the time, the trailer was really flattering, and it hyped him up. Before You Ain't No Air Fighter came out, and his fate was sealed. The art style is unique among all the trailers, and while it's not what I would have gone with, I think it's a really good aesthetic for Punch-Out. The series is goofy, but ultimately grounded in reality and very western-focused, so a style reminiscent of American comic books is a good match. It's not really fun to look at, though. As for the gameplay, it continues to flatter Little Mac, and hearing Doc Lewis's commentary the whole time was a treat. 
I'm still upset that they didn't give him some equivalent to the Codec Calls or Palutena's Guidance. At least let him show up in the Little Mac Guidance. Also, I like that Doc Lewis explains how Mac works to the audience in a way that feels very organic. He's coaching Mac through the fights, just like he always does. I kind of alluded to this back when I talked about Robin. Little Mac really pulls it off here. Also, the sound effects for Samus comparing her height with Little Mac is really funny. Next is the reveal trailer for the Mii Fighters, which I don't know if that had a name. I said I wasn't going to talk about Mii Fighter costume trailers like Sans or anything, but the Mii Fighters as a concept? Sure, I'll talk about that. Having Iwata and Reggie fighting each other before transitioning to the Mii Fighter versions of themselves, it was very cute, very campy. In fact, that raises this trailer up a whole tier. It was going to be a lower tier than this. That was just such a charming thing they did. The delayed Smash Brothers logo was pretty stylish, too. The trailer doesn't instantly give away that it's for Smash Brothers. And then you think, no, they're not really going to add Reggie, are they? The Mii Fighters are a pretty ingenious way of getting more characters into the game while also fulfilling the odd request to have an original character fighter. And I think Iwata and Reggie were a good demonstration of that. Soon to be followed by Ice-T. But beyond that, there's not much more to say. I do believe this trailer is also the world's first appearance of any amiibo ever. That's neat. Me Fighters didn't really reach their full potential until we saw the deluxe ones in the form of, again, Sans and Cuphead and all that stuff. And that was in the next game, but... For a first reveal to the world, Mii Fighters did alright. Next is Roy Seals the Deal, which is Roy's DLC trailer from the fourth game. It's mostly carried by the hype of seeing Roy again. He's just so cool. He was always the cooler of the Melee Fire Emblem dudes, at least in my opinion. And when they bring him back, they do it with style. The trailer wastes no time, and it's a little cute how Roy acknowledges himself that he's finally back. That said, there's very little going on in the trailer. I think it was around the time that the Fire Emblem bloat really sank in with people. As much as people missed Roy, we suddenly had a lot more Fire Emblem characters to go around. And whenever a Fire Emblem character gets added to Smash 4, their trailer always takes the time to highlight how many of them there are. That didn't help. It's still a cool trailer, and in rewatching it for the list, I giggled that Roy's first action was to attack Roy Koopa. Otherwise, not much else to say. Corin chooses to smash. Ooga booga, fate's bad. Uh, okay, sure, whatever. But we didn't know how we'd feel about Fire Emblem Fates at the time, so shush. I can't hide it. It was a pretty funny trailer. They totally recreated the cutscene from Fates and dubbed it with more exaggerated voice acting than in the canon scene. And then Corin straight up abandons their political and familial obligations to Gobi and Smash Brothers and all their siblings spend the rest of the trailer just shocked and appalled before Corrin gradually impresses them with their moveset. It's really funny to me, on top of a bit of schadenfreude from Haha, take that, Fire Emblem haters. It also has a bit more of a budget than the other DLC trailers at the time, bringing in so many of the Fire Emblem actors to voice the siblings, despite the fact that they don't appear in the game beyond Xander and Ryoma's trophies. Fun fact, Jigglypuff was the only character in Smash 4 to neither appear in the game's reveal trailer nor in any of the other new character trailers, not until Corrin's trailer had Jigglypuff in it for a moment. 
But, uh, if I employ hindsight for the other trailers, it's fair that I do it here, and I admit that it's a little awkward to see the Corrin trailer now. Now that we know that Fates was a highly polarizing game, and that Corrin themselves is largely considered to be a badly written protagonist, those are two things that I kind of struggled with before ultimately agreeing, and it paints the trailer in a bit of a bad light, but I still appreciate the humor of this one. Clash of Flames, the Ken and Incineroar trailer. The trailer that broke many a fan's hearts. You see, this was around the time of the Grinch leak, which was a little bit of a scandal among the fan base over whether or not a certain leak of the character banner could be legitimate. It had a lot of fan-favorite characters on it, like Banjo, and the Chorus Kids, Gino, Shadow, Ken, a, a couple of others... I believed in that leak up until the 11th hour, when I realized some things just didn't make sense. But then came time for the direct. I still had a secret hope that the leak was true. I saw the boxing arena and thought, okay, maybe it's a big free-for-all trailer to introduce all the characters at once. And then they show Ken! Okay, he was in the Grinch leak, so far so good. And here comes someone else! Incineroar enters the ring! And then the sound of my heart deflating. <laughs> Ken's cheesy one-liner kind of cheered me up. It was like, oh, you want to fight fire with fire, huh? Because I was in the mood to take anything I could get after being disappointed, and it's another example of the characters interacting outside of fighting, so that's always cool. And I could see that they put a lot of work into the trailer. While they don't waste any time going to Ken's gameplay, it's cool that they cut back to CG stuff, and the fight with Mac is really fun to watch. It's also cool how some of the gameplay is relevant to the CG scenes. They show Ken, Little Mac, and Incineroar in the boxing ring during gameplay, and they connect that to the cutscenes. It's a little unfortunate that Ken gets shafted in his own trailer, but hey, at least he beat Little Mac, if you're willing to count that as an achievement. Next trailer, Heroic Encounter. This trailer is unique among Ultimate trailers for at least two reasons. One is that it takes place during the World of Light. The other is that instead of someone getting killed, we see someone getting saved. So while the trailer took some wind from my sails due to not being Banjo, this was a pretty fun trailer overall. Hero's tagline is very cute, a perfect, iconic fit. And the trailer follows a similar format to the one Mega Man used, where the hero needs to get a second wind. In this case, Hero gets backed up by his costume alts, the protagonists of Dragon Quests 8, 4, and 3. It's not like there's really anything new being introduced by this, though. It's just his different costumes. The trailer shows off a fraction of Hero's possible down B spells, but the Eleven Hero can still do them. Why'd he need to call in the cavalry here? It is cool to see the other heroes rushing in to help, though, especially with the way that the trailer implies that the Three Hero is leading the pack, and even going as so far as to give him the final smash demonstration. Knowing what I do about Dragon Quest Three, he darn well deserved to be the big shot among Hero's alts. I suppose it is odd that we go from saving Link in a forest to fighting in a ruins somewhere. We don't even see what happens to Link after he gets saved, but it's a small thing overall. With how historic and influential Dragon Quest is, I begin to wonder what took them so long to feature it. 
if I read correctly, anyone who borrows the Dragon Quest brand is expressly forbidden from featuring any of the protagonists. Throw in as many slimes or party members as you want, but nobody features the protagonist. Nobody except Sakurai, apparently. By this point, he'd garnered enough clout and goodwill that Enix broke their rule for his sake. So it is with this trailer that we see something previously unheard of. Different Dragon Quest heroes teaming up. Even as a non-fan, I'd have to say that's pretty special. Last trailer of this tier is a brand new seed, the Steve trailer. This one actually kept me guessing for a little bit. It wasn't until I outright saw Steve's silhouette that I figured it out. I was disappointed initially because I really don't care about Minecraft personally. And later on in the trailer when they keep showing the Enderman and Zombie and Alex, their alts, and uncreative taglines to go along with them, it just felt like it was kind of Alright, we get it, there's a lot of them, and a lot of these taglines aren't really that good. But I warmed up to the trailer, and Steve overall. I think the trailer does a good job at demonstrating their quirkiness, while also setting up some intrigue for their moveset. Before Sakurai's presentation just a couple days later, I had no idea how any of this was supposed to come together. The remix of Holiday and Dalarna, if I said that right, done by Ace who did a lot of Xenoblade music and the Gangplank Galleon remix from earlier. It's a good remix. Very nice. There's also a fun minor meme of Sonic punching Mario so hard that he ends up in Minecraft based off one of the early scenes in the trailer. That's a pretty, pretty kind of funny joke, in my opinion. I like it. So, overall, yeah. Cute trailer. Now, we're kind of getting into some of the lesser trailers in my opinion this tier is for the trailers that are just all right and it's what it sounds like they're all right i don't really dislike them i don't really like them i can't think of too many things that stand out about them first one is the smash brothers for nintendo 3ds and wii u reveal trailer it starts off really strong it shows a bunch of different series involved seven of the eight original series, and Kid Icarus, because this was around the time Sakurai wasn't afraid to tout Uprising. They're all together! It starts off with a soft confirmation of Villager even before that, though, but it doesn't really sink in until about halfway into the trailer. Anyway, we start showing off that we're back! We've got this whole new game, and hey look, it's on 3DS! Smash Brothers on the go? How novel! It shows a bunch of stages that could be described as also being novel, before moving on to the Wii U version, and everything looks fancier, and suddenly, Villager, Villager comes, comes to, to town. town! Instantly, memes of Villager being a homicidal maniac took off, and I was there for it. We also begin the trend of Smash Brothers newcomers getting taglines that fit them in some way, at least in the Western versions. A good trailer to set the benchmark for Smash Brothers going forward. But, uh... Honestly, it's just kind of vanilla, especially after Ultimate's reveal. Which is Smash 4's lot in life, I guess, to be cool at the time before getting outshined by Ultimate later. Oh well. Mega Man joins the battle. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't like the Mega Man trailer as much as the fans of the Mega Man series. What a surprise. That That's a thing, though, is 
I, I never really played Mega Man, so I'm not attached to him. That's the main issue with the trailer right here, is that a lot of it doesn't mean that much to me. It's also the first of many trailers that takes place in the non-specific canyon, a repeated location in Smash 4's trailers, and World of Light's cutscenes. While I do like some of the trailers that feature this canyon, I don't like that this trailer kicked off the trend. Mega Man also has a very uninspired newcomer tagline. You get the impression that they might have written this one before they gave Villager a more idiosyncratic one. It is cute that they recreate the classic level start animation, and they demonstrate just how well they researched Mega Man's move pool during the second half of this trailer. Really, Mega Man is around the point in Smash Brothers roster where I feel like they started trying a lot harder to represent the character, and this trailer makes sure you know it. We Fit Trainer joins the battle. Three in a row, all from the same day. <laughs> this one is pretty short, and there's not a whole lot going on with it. I don't think they really mind that, though. The trailer is carried by the absurdity of the Wii Fit Trainer joining Smash Brothers, which Sakurai wanted, so it delivers in that way. It's an amusing trailer, but not much more than that. If it wasn't so bizarre to see the Wii Fit Trainer in the game, then... A trailer of this caliber would probably rank even lower. Goddess of Light, which is the Palutena trailer. It starts off with Palutena right away. It puts her in your head very quickly. And this is a subject I have kind of mixed feelings on about how fast a character is introduced in their own trailer. I go into a little bit of detail on that later. The animation done by Shaft is pretty unique among Smash Brothers trailers. I believe it's a callback to Palutena's Revolting Dinner, one of the animated shorts from Uprising. Though the animation is a little janky at times, and there's this weird, vaguely horny emphasis on her hips and chest. I do like the way that Palutena barely moves and it still activates Pit's flight to launch him out of the arena even if that could also be read as very minimalistic animation. I, I just thought it was funny looking, in, in a good way. But to go back to another negative, it's that it's a little hard to hear what Pitt and Palutena are saying to each other over the music in the background. It gets better during the gameplay part. Pitt and Palutena, they keep bantering throughout the gameplay, which is very on-brand, no complaints there. They do spoil one of the big boss fights from late into Kid Icarus Uprising. That's pretty awkward, but by now we should know better than to expect Smash Brothers to avoid that kind of thing. Still a bit of an oof, as the kids say. Also, I like the use of the Uprising boss theme. I didn't know it at the time, but after I played the game, it became my favorite song from there, so it retroactively improves the trailer. Next is An Unlikely Team. The trailer starts off pretty simple. Hey, it's Duck Hunt. Hey, the dog laughs at you when you miss. Okay, that's enough. Smash Brothers time. And with a game as simple as Duck Hunt, that's all you really need. It's pretty cute, and the way the dog and duck react to their tagline is a fun detail. Not much to say about the rest of the trailer. It's, well, it demonstrates their gameplay, as you might expect. Though it is clever that they show off how there is a gunner with an NES zapper off in the background. Or the foreground, I guess. It's a detail that's often forgotten with this character. They're a trio, not a duo, no matter what the European character select screen says. 
Also, I like the fact that the Duck Hunt dog nearly gets Falcon punched, the most meme Nintendo attack being used on Nintendo's biggest troll. Though I think this trailer and their inclusion in Smash Brothers kind of got people to mellow out on the Duck Hunt dog. Do people still hate him anymore? I don't know. I don't. Lucas comes out of nowhere. Aside from the clever tagline, the biggest appeal to this trailer in my mind is how it shows a little bit of a character arc for Lucas. He's very first shown saving Ness from Bowser, turning the tables from how Ness saved him from Porky and Wario back in Brawl. Then we get a look at Lucas and see that his character model is different. He's smiling now. Aww. Lucas retained his character growth from Subspace Emissary and or Mother 3. It's the kind of detail that is only really appreciable if you've played either of his past games, but I did, so I see it, and I like it. Here comes a new challenger, Ryu. I don't know if I'd say it has one of the higher budgets of the Smash 4 DLC trailers, but either way, there's not a lot here that calls out to me. They really tried to fit in a lot of Street Fighter 2 references, which is nice. I've never been a Street Fighter fan, but I've always had respect for the series. There's not much I can say about this trailer besides being solid. It's just kind of vanilla all around. Which is perfect for Ryu, really. He's kind of built himself up to be the vanilla fighting game character. The Ashen Demon. As the Three Houses player that I was, I immediately guessed this was Byleth's trailer. And it was. So, this turned out to be a waiting game for the tagline, and when watching a video that contains every Ultimate trailer playing in concert, I noticed that this trailer is the longest of all of them. So it's very long, and has a predictable character. On the flip side, the trailer has a sense of humor. Just like with the Korin trailer, the characters have a concept of Smash Brothers, and they even brought back Solon's voice actor, just the a two- or three-chapter guy right there towards the early middle of the game, just for this trailer, it amuses me to no end. Not to mention how completely trashed Byleth looks when he stumbles back into Sothis's tomb during the intermission, and then Sothis cracking wise about the game having too many swordsmen before giving Byleth access to the hero relics. The fact that everyone who beats up Byleth during the first half of the trailer is a sword user is also a funny detail. It's a good fan service trailer if you liked Three Houses, which I did, but it is very long, and Fire Emblem's place in Smash Brothers is already a contentious one, so I can understand the trailer leaving people with a bit of a sour taste. And now that I'm aware of how stretched out this trailer is next to all the others, it's a little hard to go back to this one. I'm also not too fond of how they switch between the animated scenes and the scenes done in the Three Houses engine. It works for their game, not in a Smash Brothers trailer. Also, Byleth's tagline was weak, don't at me. Next up is the tier where I didn't like the trailers very much. Kind of says it right there. Comet Observatory, Rosalina's trailer. I think this was when I noticed that all the Smash 4 newcomers were getting trailers. I had Rosalina spoiled for me via the daily screenshot before I even saw the trailer, because I didn't even know there would be a trailer. So, the whole fake-out with Kirby Air Ride and Mario Kart, it didn't work on me. Even so, the presence of a launch star and the use of Mario Galaxy music kind of give away that the character will be related to Mario Galaxy, and 
I don't think anyone was banking on Honey Queen making the cut, so no suspense. It was pretty obviously Rosalina from the get-go, or at least once they showed the first galaxy detail. Also, I felt like the fact that they used the Gusty Garden theme was kind of shameless. Like, maybe it's because it was never my favorite theme from the game, Give Me Bowie Bass. It just feels too obvious to use that song. They do show Rosalina's gameplay in pretty good detail, and it was refreshing to see a new Mario character after Brawl just whittled it down to the main four, if we're not including the DK guys, Yoshi and Wario. Looking back, though, this trailer doesn't do much for me. Super Smash Bros. is coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm only really including this trailer because it's the closest thing we have to an Inkling reveal trailer. All we really get is that there's a new Smash Bros. coming, and Inkling is going to be in the cast. Mario and Breath of the Wild Link are there. Everyone else is a mystery. And that's about it. It was a good trailer for what it needed to be, but it's nothing I'd go out of my way to watch again and again. I think this also recreates one of the early Splatoon trailers. That's cool, but I can't be sure, because I never saw that early Splatoon trailer, and I'm not interested to find out, so, uh, there. Crom and Dark Samus' reveals. While I am happy about the characters themselves, and the boldness of casually dropping two more Echoes, the trailers were really small. They're for Echo Fighters, so I get that they didn't want to go out of their way, but... It does keep me from caring a little too much about seeing these trailers ever again. They've got nice touches, though, but they're basically glorified versions of those 30-second character ads that all the Ultimate Challengers get. I didn't even bother separating Krom and Dark Samus. They're together on this one. The Piranha Plant reveal. I like Piranha Plant, and the sheer audacity of including one really tickles me. They build up to Piranha Plant fairly well, and the gameplay makes it look really fun to play, but there's really not much to say at all. This trailer is even starker than some of the Smash 4 DLC ones. And now, the outright bottom of the list. And if you know me at all, you probably saw this coming. I I'm, I'm not really trying to surprise anyone with this. My most disliked Smash Brothers trailer is A Hard Worker's Dream, Isabelle's trailer. Now, it's not just the fact that it's Isabelle. I kind of harp on about not liking the character, at least to people who listen to me in real life, but I just don't think it was a good trailer to begin with. Isabelle was a common request for a second Animal Crossing character, so when the trailer starts with the Smash Brothers logo, at least... Upon rewatching it, I, I think they went without the logo during the direct, but somehow I still knew it was a Smash Brothers reveal. I'm not really sure how that happened anymore, but I, I knew. Like, it cuts to Isabelle in her office, at least very little to the imagination. I know, oh, it's Isabelle. So there's no surprise. And is that a problem? I've gone on before about how I like to know characters in advance. And, uh,. Sometimes. Sometimes the character reveal is dragged out too much. Well, this one somehow gets both of them wrong, in a way that's kind of similar to the Byleth one. We can already guess that the character is Isabel, but she doesn't even get her character tagline until a minute and 20 seconds in, out of a two-minute trailer. So we're waiting for the inevitable, and the worst part is it's not even exciting. We're just watching Isabel milling about the office in standard Animal Crossing camera angle talking to herself. 
Nothing is exciting. And I know, Animal Crossing is supposed to be a very calm game, but Smash Brothers is a fighting game. They could have done something. Here, what if they had some kind of cute montage of Isabelle trying to get her work done and accidentally getting her work undermined by the other characters, or or she's accidentally roughing up the other characters by mistake? And while this technically isn't part of the trailer, it was shown immediately after in the direct, and it kind of helped to sour me on it a bit more, is right after the trailer, it cuts to Tom Nook himself watching the trailer and announcing a new Animal Crossing game. And I might be petty for this, but I don't like how Animal Crossing just shoved Smash Brothers to the side and went, yeah, we're getting a new game, by the way. Like, son, sit down. You're not a big deal like Smash Brothers is. Where do you get off? Even Corrin's trailer had the grace not to have Ryoma look directly at the camera and remind everyone to pick up Fire Emblem Fates. Then again, people get really excited about Animal Crossing, so maybe I'm dead wrong on this one. I mean, New Horizons accidentally ended up being one of their best-selling Switch games, or something along those lines, so what do I really know? I was always ambivalent to Animal Crossing and Isabelle, but this trailer really didn't do it for me. And that was after a week's delay, because they had that unfortunate earthquake in Japan, and they felt like, hey, let's not show a character right now, it's disrespectful. And the day before the trailer, I was even like, you know, I think I'd be happy for pretty much any character except Isabelle. And then everyone gushed over her for the next couple months. Yeah, just not a good experience for me. If I could say one thing, though, I thought it was funny how she briefly mused over the idea of taking the town over as its new leader. And that about does it. That is my opinion on the different Smash Brothers character trailers. It took me a lot longer to get through them than I thought. Anyway, I hope you liked listening. Be sure to hear me talk about something else next week. Thank you for your time. I've been the X-Man, and I will see you on the next one. Listen to Bidcast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.